0: Welcome to the Farm Bits Podcast, a product of Nebraska Extension Digital Agriculture. I'm Jackson Stansel.
1: And I'm Samantha Teton. And we come to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture.
0: Through interviews and panels with experts, producers, and innovators from all sectors of digital technology, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Hello, Farm Bits fanatics, and welcome to the 25th episode of the Farm Bits Podcast.
1: Our first mini-episode with Dr. Fulton was well-received by our listeners, so we decided to bring you a second mini-episode this week.
0: This one is just a little bit longer than our previous mini-episode. We would love to hear from you with any comments you have regarding our episodes and content so far.
1: Now, the focus of this episode is digital presence in agriculture. We are joined by Rachel Stevens, founder of Heartland Ag Consulting and former student of the University of Nebraska.
0: Heartland Ag Consulting provides web design, social media marketing, and branding consulting to agribusinesses and farms.
1: In this episode, we will discuss with Rachel why a digital presence is important in modern agriculture, how businesses and farms can take steps toward building their digital presence, and how increased digital presence of agriculture in general is impacting the ag landscape.
0: The content of this episode is really important for anyone seeking to understand how digital platforms are impacting ag especially in a world that has become increasingly virtual through the COVID pandemic.
1: So let's jump right into our interview with Rachel.
2: So Heartland Ag Consulting kind of came out of, um, well, it kind of stumbled onto it, actually. I was working for a seed dealer and working to build their web presence, their social media presence, trying to get out you know, timely newsletters and agronomic advice to their customers. And we started getting some traction and some notice from higher ups in the company. And they asked us to come speak to a group of seed dealers about how we do this. And, you know, as we were kind of working on this presentation and what, what we wanted to convey to producers, I really kind of saw a need for providing this as a service to people for the same reasons I was doing it for this company already, you know, this is something that people want done. They want to have a digital web presence. They want to be able to provide their customers with good quality information. They want to be able to show who they are, why they're doing what they do. But it's just another thing on top of a already super long to-do list. I mean, you know how busy any planting or harvest season can get, you know, so adding the ability to share timely information on top of that is just one of those things that I think is a little bit too overwhelming for a lot of people. And so that's kind of how it started. You know, I just, I saw this need and people were interested. And so that's really where it grew out of. It wasn't any, you know, (laughs) grand plans or anything. It was just a need that I felt like I could fill from my previous experience. So.
1: We can completely relate to that need. When we started the podcast, Jackson and I were trying to do all the promoting and stuff on our social media, and we just learned that we one, we didn't know what we didn't know, and we didn't know how to add that extra task on top of what we were doing. And so yeah, we completely understand the yeah. need like for what you're doing.
2: I am no means an expert, but I feel like I've gained a lot of valuable experience in the past couple of years about understanding, you know, what people are interested in hearing about. Particularly, I would say for ag businesses and farmers, um, you know, like our our main goal with a lot of these platforms is not to be selling people on a product. You know, our main goal with a lot of these is to try to show people who we are as a business. You know, so for instance, the company that I started with, you know, we're trying to emphasize, we're trying to show them, like we're a family company. You know, we've got four employees, and all those employees have families that are active participants in the community. Their kids are in the school. We support you know, the different sports teams, the 4-H clubs, the FFAs, you know, we're active members and supporting other small businesses. And, you know, just showing the day-to-day life of what we are doing in our communities, in the business is what people are actually like the most interested in. It's nothing mm-hmm. about like 1197 has a 20-push think You know, like, people mm-hmm. want to know who you are as a person you know, and I think that adds a lot of back value because once they feel like they know you as a person and as a business, I think that kind of adds the interest into whatever product service you are selling. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So I guess, I guess kind of getting into that, we heard from Dr. Fulton in one of our other episodes, um, kind of on the connectivity side of things, right. About how, digital technology and the internet have revolutionized how people are buying products. And it used to be, you know, the relationship factor was such a huge thing. You know, the people that you have a relationship with there locally are the people you're going to buy from. I mean, can, can you kind of put into perspective just why this digital presence and how you're doing it is so important to the success of a modern ag business?
2: I think the relationship aspect is still critically important. It's just in a whole different way now. You know, no longer is it the neighbor down the street or the person you go to church with. Like, with our changing landscape of how we are purchasing goods and services, you know, we now have the whole world as our customer base. You know, or the whole nation, or the whole state, or whatever it might look like for you. Um, but I still think it does boil down to relationship. People want to do business with someone that they feel like. They have a shared, you know, interest with, or or similar values, or morals, or or the way they conduct business, or who they're supporting. Um, I think that's an important part of being present in a digital space. Is also conveying that, like, you are also a person. You are not like a faceless entity. You know, like Amazon or something. You know that mm-hmm. we're we are individual small businesses that are still someone that you want to do business with, and. I think honestly, like what an incredible space we're in right now that the entire like nation could be, you know, interested in a product you have or a service you have. And we have that pool of potential clients, you know, we have so dramatically expanded who we can do business with. And I would say that's become like way more evident too, just this past year. You know, Mm -hmm. think about how many meetings, how many things you have done virtually That we would have never thought like, oh, we couldn't do that virtually before. And like, here we are, like, we've done it. We've figured it out. We have meetings. We go to conferences. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I've bought so much more of the things that we need for our house, for our, you know, sustaining our daily life online, you know, Mm -hmm. and it shows up at our door, you know, just things like that. Like, I think people are really starting to understand how little, I I it's I should say like how little we need in-person marketplaces but maybe just like a lesser percent you know we're able to shift that to both an in-person and online uh space and it's it's only a it's only benefit you know like it's there's I don't really see a downside (laughs) to going into a digital space I mean it's Mm -hmm. It's only going to either get you more clients, get you more exposure. Like right. it's all good things. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And I don't know any numbers like off the top of my head, but I'd love to know how much direct to consumer has sales, ha- sales have really increased during COVID. I think about like the direct like meat cuts to customers or yeah. things like that um, has sounds like it's really grown. So
2: Absolutely. I think, you know, from a perspective of people who are trying to sell a specific product, you know, like farmers, like you said, selling maybe direct cuts of meat or, you know, selling home-baked goods or, you know, small batch, you know, grains, things like that, like trying to add a value added to their product and selling direct to consumers. Like this is in such a prime time, I think, for Mm -hmm. people stopping to think, you know, where is our food coming from? Who is sourcing it? What are the practices that they use? Um, And I think that it's given a lot of exposure to farmers, but also the farmers who have been very transparent and really taken hold of that digital space are the ones who have really come out on top in this past year. I mean, we see hundreds of small farms that sell their meat across the U.S. Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they embrace that digital space and said, hey, this is how we farm. We'll show you anything. You know, this is our product. This is me and my husband and our three kids or whatever it might be, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just that transparency I think is incredibly enticing to consumers. And I mean, I think we can translate that away from direct market to sales to like services and products. People like, you know, feeling like they know who they're doing business with. And if they can pick someone who they say, Oh, this person is doing, you know, let's say Prescription Map Development, they're two states away, but they've been doing it for five years. They have, you know, two degrees. They have a bunch of experience with these programs. And they also like Frisbee golf. Like, you know, it's just like (laughs) Mm -hmm. random things like that that I feel like we're able to capitalize on the human element of, you know, just like I see this personally in myself. I would much rather buy honey from a local farm than off of a shelf just because I feel like
1: I'm supporting a small business. And I also like that person. I've seen their farm. It's cool. How much do
0: you, how much do you think this push towards, or I guess, uh, how much do you think digital technology and like this digital information availability is going to help close the gap in education between the consumers and our food system? I mean, do you think it's going to be something that's going to be a huge asset for ag over the next few years?
2: definitely think so and I think it's given a platform to smaller farmers you know I think that's the main concern we see coming out of like the media is like corporate farms corporate farms you know these giant farms Mm -hmm. and essentially now for people who are willing to create a website start some social media like it's given them a voice to explain like oh no we are a small family farm and this is what we're doing like I think people are loving that connection, you know, being able to see exactly what happens, learning, you know, different aspects of how different farming practices. I mean, I think this is true even, like I would encourage any farm, whether you're, you know, selling a value added product or just like a row crop farm, get into the digital space, you know, build mm-hmm. a website, pick one social media platform. You don't need to do them all, pick one. And start being transparent about how you run your operation because it opens up so many opportunities for you, you know, opportunities to work with universities, to partner with industry for industry, you know, industry is always looking for people to test their products. And if you're showing up online and showing this is our farm, we're focused on sustainability, we're focused on our water quality, and we're focused on maybe using, you know, drone imagery for something like nitrogen applications, you know, things like that. Like you're good. People are always interested to learn what you're doing and then also use you as a resource. So it's, it's such a good opportunity. I would, it doesn't take a lot of time. Just, you know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy either, but get Mm -hmm. out there, get on the, get on the internet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So building on that a little bit, how should a small business utilize digital technology? Does it need to be if they're selling products and just to sell products or, you know, how can they really make the most of their time on their digital platforms?
2: Yeah. Um That's a fairly like nuanced question because it kind of depends on what your objectives are. I am not, I guess I'm not talking from a sense that get on Instagram and become an influencer because like, You can absolutely do that. People, you know, think about the number of influencers you see out there that are being paid by product sponsorships or partners with companies. And that's like their main revenue stream. I mean, that's absolutely an option for your farm, like if you want it or for you personally. I guess I'm like speaking more from the sense of trying to create a place to educate and inform and entertain people. Cause I think those are the kind of main pillars that like as consumers of online content, I want to learn something. I want to watch something entertaining. You know, if it's not one of those two things, I probably am not going to stay on that content or on that web page very long. Yeah. So I would say if you if your main purpose is for those pillars of just kind of giving people exposure to who you are, why you're doing what you're doing, whether, like you said, selling a product, selling a service, or maybe just a farm, you know, out there doing your thing. I would suggest, I would still say, get a website. You probably, it's not something that you need to update all the time. Maybe occasionally post a blog to share some information, but you could probably like prioritize your time on, pick a social media channel to share who you are. You know, That's, I think, where people gravitate to most. They're not pulling up their 20 favorite websites every day. Mm -hmm. They're pulling up Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it just, it really depends on your goals of what you're trying to do in that space. Mm -hmm. I know that I also said that this opens up your opportunity nationwide. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of, we have both realities, you know, and it really comes down to what you are trying to do. So... For some people, like they're trying to reinforce, it's a value-added product for their customers. And then for some of my clients, they are trying to gain larger exposure, you know, trying to like ship a meat product nationwide or um, get a larger exposure for their digital services that they're able to do from anywhere in the world, you know, those kinds of things. So.
0: So for somebody who's listening to this and they're like, yeah, I definitely need to have some sort of online presence, or I've been thinking about this for five years and I still can't manage to get over the hump. What do you think the first step is for somebody? Like what would you advise them to be their first step towards establishing that digital presence?
2: At the risk of sounding like self-serving mm-hmm. outsource what you can do. You know, there, there are a lot of people like me who are doing this that are kind of just freelance providing the service for people. Um, I would say pick someone that is in the agriculture space because they understand, you know, the nuances of the ag industry and are able to help articulate a little bit better, you know, what you are doing on your farm or your seed sales agency or your precision ag or livestock or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. But there are multiple people doing this. You know, pick one. There's a lot of great options. Um, But as for yourself, like, just I think a lot of people have social media overwhelm you know there's so many different platforms it's like Facebook Instagram TikTok Twitter like what do I do and I would say just pick one like you don't if you try to do them all you're going Mm -hmm. to do none of them well Mm -hmm. like pick one let that be kind of your platform your base that you work from and embrace the people who come to your page I mean I think like, as someone who's running other small businesses, like, I, I constantly am, like, looking at my follower count, like, oh, why don't I have more? I want yeah. more. Yeah. But I think I sometimes, like, I fail to step back and realize, like, if you have 200 people on your page, that's 200 people who are showing up to look at your content. If yeah. you had 200 people come into the room with you to, like say, like, see what you were doing with your business that day, you would be, like, wow. shocked, <laughs> you know, yeah. like. And so it's like, I think we fail to like realize that it's not necessarily the quantity but the quality. So, I mean, I kind of rambled there, but I would say pick one platform Mm -hmm. and just focus on doing it well and focus on being consistent with that platform too. Um, I think a, a tendency for a lot of people is They pick, you know, one of these platforms to do and they, you know, they really go after it and are posting seven or 10 times a week. And then two weeks in, they're just like, this is exhausting. (laughs) This is too much. Pick a schedule that you think works for you and stick with it. One time a week. Great. Like two times a week. Great. But I think most accounts will be rewarded for consistency Mm -hmm. over quantity of material that you're putting on there sure. and don't be afraid to utilize like scheduling technology. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I definitely use like I'm managing multiple social media accounts. And so I schedule content in advance. You know, if you yeah. take a pretty picture of corn and you're like, I want to post that, but I don't have time right now. Schedule it to go out later. Like it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. We all need to give ourselves a little grace of, not falling into like the pressure of being the perfect, you know, influencer person. We're real people just trying to share what we do. And that's fine.
1: That's some awesome advice. And I know that you give some more advice also on your social media. Can you tell listeners how they can potentially keep up with what you're doing?
2: Yeah. So you can find me at my website, which is heartlandadconsulting.com or on Instagram at heartlandad. And I just try to share there some of the tips that I use with, you know, clients that I have, or just some encouragement for people like I'd say average social media users like me that, you know, it's not something we want to dedicate our whole life to, yeah. but we recognize the benefit and want to, you know, inform and educate and share with our, our, our clientele.
1: Thank you to Rachel Stevens of Heartland Ag Consulting for joining us on the FarmBits podcast. This was a great episode to connect back to our connectivity series and how internet connectivity is enabling more than just precision ag technology.
0: I think my favorite aspect of this episode was our discussion about how the digital presence, particularly for farms, right, is helping to bridge the gap between consumers and producers within our food system. Uh, And and I personally think this is a really important role for technology to play uh, in modern ag because we do know that there's a pretty big gap right between our consumers and and what they actually know about what goes on on the farm. Um, So I, I just think that's a really great aspect of farms, especially generating websites and social media pages.
1: Yeah, and we talked about that a little bit with Bushel about connecting people, but this is more on a more direct scale, and it's so cool to see. And I loved Rachel's comment on how we still like to buy through relationships, but that has really changed in this landscape, and we no longer have to be neighbors to have a relationship with someone because we can learn about it on their digital platforms and i just love how digital ag is making this possible
0: absolutely digital technologies that you almost don't even realize are are there just because they're so ubiquitous Mm -hmm. so with that we hope you join us next week as we kick off our planting technology series
1: Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the Farm Bits Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week.
0: We welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the review section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes.
1: We'd like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high-quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond.
0: The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect reviews of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln.
1: We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Bids.